Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so rhinos are taking away your Second Amendment rights. That's right, rhinos, Republican in name only, are taking away your Second Amendment rights for their lack of action. Republicans are not doing enough to stop the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms Agency, from creating new rules to hamper the Second Amendment. Also, the Cantor family gives us an update on the investigation into the mass shooting that killed um, Mr. Cantor uh, there uh, in Austin, Texas. There were 15 people were shot, 14 were shot, uh, one was killed. Uh, Mr. Cantor there died. In Austin, Texas, trying to enjoy himself, happened to be caught in the crossfire between rival gang members, end up getting shot in Austin downtown. Also, we have a Canadian comedian in the house, Ben Bankus. Yo, what's going on? All right. Joins the show to tell us how Canada is handling the lockdown. Going to talk about that. So we're going to travel all around the, the, the globe here. I guess we'll stay in portions of North America. And just talk about that. I want to talk about the new winner of the worst airport in the country. Now, I I love you say you I love saying this. You know that Austin, Texas, used to be the worst airport in the entire country, the worst airport in the entire country, where people forgot and took their guns through security. That used to be Austin Airport, but guess what? They've been knocked out of the runnings there. So there's a Georgia airport that has shattered another record for most guns found in luggage at security checkpoints, according to the Transportation Security Administration, TSA. In total, the TSA reported its, its officers at all of Georgia airports found a total of 542 firearms in travelers carry on luggage in 2021. So that means that, man, you people in Georgia need to learn what the laws are. Learn what the laws are when it comes to carrying your firearms. So that the number that number is more than twice as many firearms that security officials found at airport in 2020, which happened to be Austin. So they doubled the Austin number. 
That's crazy. Nationwide, the TSA says they discovered one firearm doing a routine screening for every 97,999 passengers. And Georgia's rate was more than double that with one firearm found for every 40,470 passengers. Now, the majority of firearms were found at Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport. That's right, Atlanta, Hotlanta, 507 found during their screenings. Now, the jump in numbers from last year makes some sense because, you know, in Georgia, the number of people screened at airports increased nearly 95% compared to 2020. In addition to possibly criminal charges for the firearm, travelers can face a civil penalty up to $13,900 per violation. So what you're looking at, let's say that happens in Texas. In Texas, we had an elected official that made a mistake and went to the airport in Texas and he carried his firearm and he went through the checkpoint. And they said, boom, you have a gun in your bag. He said, oh, my goodness. Uh, Hold on. This is a mistake. I'm elected official. I have a license to carry a handgun. He said, we need to change the law. So you know what they did, Zach? Change the law. They changed the law. That's right. So in Texas, if you're in Texas and you get your license to carry a handgun and you forget and you take your gun through security, you can say, oopsie, my bad. And let me guess, they changed the law before he was arrested and prosecuted for it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it didn't backdate it, though. All right. So, so then they, they will walk you to your vehicle. You can say, oopsie, my bad. They'll walk you to your vehicle, let you lock it up in your vehicle if you have a license to carry handgun. But if you do not have a license, that is a felony, two to ten years in jail. Don't drop the soap. So, but in Texas, you got your handgun license. And do you know, Zach, that you can get a handgun license in Texas in less than 30 days? That's quick. But it takes you about six months to get your driver's license because they're all backed up. But you can get a gun license. That's Texas, the Lone Star State, baby. Come on to Texas. You get a gun license boy, faster you can get your driver's license. <laughs> boy, you're going to learn today. But a uh, license to carry is not valid as uh, your ID in the airport. Not the airport, but everywhere nope. else. I want to go vote. I can use my, my gun license. That's right. I want to buy alcohol and use my gun license. I want to get into a bar. I can lose my gun license. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back and we're talking about current events. I want to talk about the mass shooting that took place in Austin, Texas last year. And so there were 14 people shot and one person was killed, murdered uh, in this shooting. This was a mass shooting. There was a bunch of gang members that apparently they were they met each other downtown Austin. They were all minors, by the way. They're all underage. Okay. And they all had illegal guns. Underage minors with illegal guns. Uh, and they went downtown Austin, ran across each other. Problem. No, no, they were all black. <laughs> and they passed each other on the streets there. And when they ran into each other, uh, they pulled out guns, ended up shooting at each other, missed each other, and shot all innocent people. So are you going to be giving gang members some free training? Some free accuracy training to help out? I wish I could because that way they can at least shoot each other and not the innocent people. Right. I'd rather them take each other out. That's the real issue here. Yeah, and don't shoot innocent people. They need to be better at it. Come see me. Take a class. Seriously. But I want to bring it to this conversation. I want to talk to the family of um, Doug Cantor. Doug Cantor was the the young man that was actually killed that day. And I want to bring his family to the conversation because um, we need to talk about this. We need to get some updates on what happened. We need to get into the details of what happened that night uh, because the DA is not taking this serious at all. The DA is, uh, is not prosecuting all of these guys. You know, there are a lot of people involved in this situation. They all had illegal guns, and they're not being prosecuted for this crime to the full extent of the law. You know, we have what we call the law parties, which means that if I'm there, you know, we're in a group, we're in a gang. And we're downtown. Something happens. You pull your gun out. You shooting. We get you know we get into a fight with this other group. We are all equally charged because we're all involved in that. They call that a law of parties. Well, they all should be charged. Everyone in both of those groups because they engaged in something, and someone, a bunch of people were injured, and one person shot and lost their life. And so the DA is just not taking this serious at all. And I'm not sure why. Uh, I don't know what it is about these liberal DAs in these liberal cities. And by the way, give me a call. My number is 512-643-5483. That is 512-643-5483. You know, come, you know, give me a call and talk to me because liberal cities with these liberal district attorneys and liberal judges are not doing their jobs. And that's why we're having the crime, the problem that we're having in all these liberal cities. And crime is increasing dramatically because they're not holding people accountable. But I want to bring into the conversation Nick Cantor, who happens to be the brother of Doug Cantor, who lost his life last year in Austin, who happened to be just here visiting on vacation to have a good time and died in our city. Nick, welcome to come and talk, sir. 
How are you, Michael? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more with uh, what you just said. <clears throat> and uh, I think it'd be a great idea for them to come get some lessons on shooting with you uh, because they could definitely use it based on their accuracy on 6th Street that night. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, and I want to thank you, your family. Uh, you guys sent me a, a package in the mail. Um, and I want to thank you guys because um, I did get it. I did receive it. Just so you know, because I didn't tell you this before. It's a hydroxychloroquine? No, <laughs> this, no, no, no. It's a, it's a, one's a shot glass, I believe, right? Is that right, Nick? Yep, shot glass. And uh, there should have been a little football for you there. Yeah, yeah. Got the little football as well. One of my employees stole that from me. So I don't have that one here. And then another one, so nice. another one I like is um, a little ornament that we can hang up of... Um, a, it's like a picture of Doug. Yeah, it's like uh, it's it's actually laser engraved on a piece of wood, and it it uh, has like a picture of him. They actually came out really well. We were very happy with the result. Um, and I believe there was a picture of my brother as well on a on a card with a little description about him and some of the things he loved and stood for. Right, and so it's um yeah this is. Uh, there's a story behind these words. It says, uh, to my friend for life, also talks about his experience and also talks about, um, you know, his other friends and, and, and things like that. Yeah, very nice. Very nice words. So I, I wanted to let you know, you know, that I did receive that and also received a letter with it as well. So I want to, I want to thank you for that. Of course. I'm, I'm glad you got everything. Um, we are worried about the postal transaction, but I'm glad it all got there. And then I, I want to – want. To um to ask you, you know, what are the updates? You know, what's going on with this case? So, first of all, how many people were involved in this situation that took place? And I believe it was June of last year. Yep. So, <clears throat> we were told there were anywhere between eight to fourteen people involved um, in the shooting. You know, as far as the two groups or gangs that were shooting at each other, um, it's never really been made clear exactly how many, um, but. Right now, there are two people charged. One of them is DeAndre White. Um, he's charged with the murder and only the murder, as far as we know. Um, he has not seen any court dates uh, other than to be um, to be indicted. But uh, unfortunately, Jeremiah Tab was released on Thursday with no bail. Um, we're told he's on some form of house arrest where he's allowed to attend school um, and that if he were to get a job, he could apply to even have that lifted. Um, and if that were the case, then he would pretty much be able to go right back to whatever he feels like doing. So you mean, um, so you mean this guy here can like uh, he can get a delivery job for, you know, Little Caesars or Pizza Hut and deliver pizzas and then deliver drugs as well? Yeah, that, that's pretty much what we're told in so many words. And that was my question to the district attorney. And uh, the answer was kind of, you know, there wasn't one. Let's just say that. Um, so basically, that is the ultimatum of what's going on with Jeremiah Tab. He's basically released um, on those terms, and he could pretty much go back to doing what he was doing. Wow. Crazy. All right, so... All right, so let's go back to this night here. All right, so 14 people were shot, and then your your brother was shot as well and then later died. 
Now, and, and what the, the DA, what the law enforcement APD is saying is that, you know, these are all innocent people uh, didn't have anything to do with the confrontation. They just happened to be downtown Austin and got caught in a crossfire. And so how many people were on either side of this, this confrontation of the gang members? Um, like I said, it wasn't made clear exactly how many were on tab and uh, DeAndre White's side and how many were on the opposing side. Um, I do know that the one of the members of the opposing gang was shot by Tab about 10 days prior to the incident on 6th Street, and that's what bled over into the 6th Street shooting was that there was this rivalry or dispute that wasn't finished. So they decided to try to finish it on 6th Street in a crowd of people, and DeAndre... So Tab and and this other gentleman, or I won't call him a gentleman, but Tab and this uh, this other kid, they were the ones having the problem. But according to um, the district attorney, DeAndre White was the one who pulled his weapon and shot. And <clears throat> fourteen people were shot. Supposedly, Ta- um, DeAndre White was the only shooter, but. Um, you know, that's that's all we have to go on. We do know that Tab was caught with an illegal firearm. <clears throat> we do know that the groups of people w- collectively were caught with about 13 illegal firearms. Um, I was never told or it was never made clear to me which group had which guns and who from which group had what guns. And so we're talking but we're talking were- all minors here. We're talking minors in possession possession of illegal firearms because they were minors. They should not have had guns, handguns, on the streets of Austin, Texas. And you're saying 13 guns were recovered by law enforcement, 13 guns. And to my knowledge, I don't think anyone's been charged with having an illegal gun. Not one single person was charged with having an illegal gun, and they were all in the between the ages of 15 and 21 years old from what we were told um and not one of them has been charged with possession of an illegal weapon or an illegal firearm um which is incredible because tab was actually caught with the murder weapon so that and that was a firearm um it was a glock they didn't say the model um it was a nine millimeter but he was caught with a firearm that was used in the murder that according to the prosecutor, um, did match up ballistically. So you have him in possession of the murder weapon and you're not charging him with possession of an illegal weapon. All right, so let's let's go back a little bit. So the shooter, what's his name? uh, The shooter was DeAndre White. Okay, so DeAndre White had the gun, he did the shooting, and so this other guy actually held on to the gun for DeAndre and hid it from law enforcement. Is that correct? That's correct. And he was also at the shooting. So it's not like he can say he wasn't aware of what the gun had done or why he was hiding it. And there is no n- plausible deniability. So not only was he trying to hide the firearm, he also tried to sell the firearm on social media. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, luckily enough, he was dumb enough to try to sell the weapon on social media. Otherwise, we may have never recovered it. And this and, and so they recovered the weapon how many days later? Uh, about six months later, six months later. Wow. 
So six months later, they recovered the <laughs> firearm that this guy, you know, that was used to shoot 14 people, kill one person, and then he tries to sell it on social media. And six months later, they, you know, they they recovered this firearm. <laughs> and, and I tell you, it, it, this is crazy. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about more of this story, get into more of the details. Because something needs to be done here in Austin. With We need more law enforcement. We need something to be done at the DA's office. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with the family of Doug Cantor. We're actually speaking with Eric Cantor. I'm sorry, Nick Cantor. We're talking with Nick Cantor about his brother who was shot and killed last year. June 12th is when the shooting was. And, um, Doug actually died on June 13th. And so we're, we're, we're going over the events that happened that day. We're talking about the current events, you know, the updates in this case uh, of this shooting. And so... Um, Nick, you were telling us about you know the people that were you know involved in this incident. So uh, the shooter, you know the the guy that did the shooting, this guy was arrested finally, um, and he's I, I don't know if he's been charged yet. I guess you'll tell us that. And then there's another guy who was who held on to the gun for the shooter. He was hiding the gun and then tried to sell the gun on social media, and the law enforcement finally recovered the firearm six months later. And so this guy has not been charged with anything. 
Well, actually, he has been charged with tampering of evidence, uh, but that is the only charge, and he is released on bail for that charge. And <clears throat> the prosecution is not taking it very seriously at all. In fact, um, last Thursday, he had a bail reduction hearing where the judge that was at the hearing denied the request to reduce the bail. Um, sometime behind the scenes over the course of the, from that Thursday to the Thursday that had just passed, um, something happened. They changed judges. This judge, Urea or Eureta, um, had a huge, had a very 180 degree change of heart. Um, and he basically made the case for the defense and let the kid out on, um, on house arrest, which is eventually going to turn into his freedom because he's already allowed to leave the home to go to school. And when he gets a job, he will have his house arrest lifted essentially. So, um, you have, you know, one judge ruling against the release of this, you know, criminal. And a week later, a separate judge that is more closely tied to, um, Jose Garza releasing him with no bail and it just makes you wonder like what where is this going what's the purpose of of releasing this kid I mean it's not like he was caught up you know with the wrong group of friends I mean he was the sole purpose of this fight if Jeremiah Tab is not at that place on 6th street the shooting doesn't happen Jeremiah Tab is the center of this entire thing and he's now home probably watching Netflix or watching this interview, perhaps maybe playing video games, maybe even selling drugs. I mean, we don't know what he's doing, um, but we know he's not in jail where he belongs. Hmm. And so, all right, man, and my heart goes out to your family because you're dealing with a lot right now because you, you're wanting justice for your brother. Uh, you know, he was here in Austin, you know, on vacation to have a good time. And this is not how things should turn out. And this is not how we, treat people that come to Austin you know we and and so you know the DA needs to do something and and everyone should be calling the, the Travis County DA's office and say hey justice needs to be served uh, we need a jury to hear this case we need everyone all parties involved to be uh, to have their day in court they need to be tried for what happened on that day you know you have people that are out and about trying to have a good time and then they pull out firearms Illegally, they're minors. Kids should not have had guns in the first place. And I don't think they got the guns from their parents. I think they stole the guns or bought the guns from somewhere else. And they so they have these firearms illegally as minors, and they go out and 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 just shoot. End up trying to kill each other and shoot innocent people. And something needs to be done about this. We need the DA to do his job, the district attorney. And there are two people I always always say during election time that are the most important in any area. There are two people. Uh, one is the sheriff and the other is the district attorney. The sheriff is the one responsible. That is the chief law enforcement officer in that county. That sheriff can kick the FBI out of the county if they want to. That sheriff is very powerful when it comes to the law. And then when it comes to prosecution, that goes to your district attorney. Those two people are the most important people in your county. So if you don't know who your DA is, you don't know who your sheriff is, you're not doing yourself any justice at all. And something needs to be done. We need this DA to 
bring these people to justice uh, because, you know, uh, they had guns. They they all had guns they, they should not have had. And the, all the other people are not being charged with anything. And that should not stand. I don't understand that. I mean, I'm, I'm really a lost words here. Right, Nick? Uh, me, me neither. I mean, you know, generally speaking, what I've seen in, in you know, prosecutions is that they charge as many charges as they possibly can apply to the evidence that they have. And then through the process of, you know, litigating before the courts start, uh, they generally offer a plea deal or they reduce the charges or they just go to trial and some charges get omitted or ruled out. But um, it seems like this is the opposite approach. They're trying to charge as little bit as possible and I, I don't know what their intention is. I, I hate to say it, but I almost hope that the pros, I, I almost feel that the prosecution hopes that the charges won't even sit because what other reason would they have for not charging them with possession of a firearm? I mean, we know they had possession of firearms because there was a shooting. So, you know, that goes without saying, why wasn't Tab charged with accessory to murder? He was there. He was part of the shootout. He actually caused the shootout. If Tab isn't there, my brother's still alive. So why is he back out on the street? Um, because the prosecution wants him to be. That's that's the short answer. Right. Uh, there is no other reason why. If the prosecutor wanted him in jail, he'd be in jail. Um, during the hearing, the prosecutor didn't really say anything in opposition. Um, if you watch, there's a channel on YouTube where you can watch last Thursday's um, court cases, and if you scroll to Tab's hearing, um, the prosecution doesn't even make an argument that he should stay in jail. I mean, it's like they were totally accepting the fact that he was going to get out, and so was the judge, because the judge was making the, oper the, um, the argument for the, uh, the defense. The judge was, like, on board with letting this kid out, and it's like, you know, we almost feel like we're getting you know, we're getting scammed. It's like, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, we, I used to watch these shows on uh, ID and, you know, as a family, when me and my brother were little, we'd watch these murder mysteries and stuff. And it seemed like, you know, the cops and the district attorneys and everybody who had anything to do with that area, even innocent bystanders, vigilantes, they were out trying to get the, the, the bad guy trying to get the murderer. And then at the end of the show, they always got the bad guy and the family got this sense of, you know, justice was served. And for my family, we're like, we see that everyone's got the evidence. They got the guys in custody, but they don't want to serve justice. And it's like the hardest part is already done. You have the murder weapon, you have the charges, you have the perpetrators, but you're just not charging them. And it's like, you know, we, we're like helpless in the, in the sense that there's nothing more as a family that we can do besides just watch these two people get off with, get away with murder, literally. Um, and, and not only that, but for the safe, for the sake of public safety, you're going to let this guy go back out onto the street so he could do this again. I mean, it's not like, you know, they had a shootout in an alley and a stray bullet hit my brother and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. They had a shootout in the middle of a crowd of hundreds of people with no regard for who they shot. Um, these people don't care about anyone else but themselves. I mean, 
that's that's clear. If if they did, they would have done this any other place, or they would have tried to sneak up. I mean, there's a million other ways they could have carried out this shootout, other than doing it on Sixth Street that night. So you know, they're dangerous people. They're not people that should be trusted to just go back out into the world and and you know with no with just a slap on the wrist, not even a slap on the wrist, because he really did nothing. He was in jail for a few days or a few weeks and he's back out on the street and, and essentially he probably will not be back in, in jail unless the prosecution changes its tone. And the only way that's going to happen is he's going to need, we're going to need a lot of pressure on them. And, and that may not even be enough with this district attorney because he's vowed to be harder on cops and softer on crime. And it's, it's very clear. He's attacking police officers for doing their job while he's letting murderers walk back to their homes and, and walk right out of prison. And Nick, we, we have some people from the DA's office listening to us right now. You know, what would you like to say to them personally? I would like to ask them how they live with themselves um, doing the job that they do every day, because you don't need to be a very moral or religious person to know what you're doing is wrong and know that my family is suffering. And as well as a hundred other families whose family members were murdered in Austin, Texas this year, you know what you're doing is wrong and you're doing it anyway. And one day there's going to be a penance to pay for that. And whether it's in this, this life or the next, you're going to have to answer for what you did in this life and maybe if what it's going to take is for your family member to be the one shot and laying on a quarter, bleeding out by themselves because their family is a thousand miles away. And maybe that's what it'll take for you to realize how we feel. But you're going to get yours one day. And, and Nick, uh, the, the mayor, Mayor Adler, says this is a gun problem. Would you agree with that? <laughs> it's the furthest thing from gun problem. Um, Actually, one thing I did want to bring up, and I'm glad you reminded me, was so some of the footage from that night um, showed multiple people in the crowd um, drawing firearms, drawing weapons, more than likely legal gun owners, and they did not fire. They did not shoot their weapons because they were not part of the, the gang violence going on, and instead they fled. So that just goes to show you the difference between a responsible gun owner and somebody who illegally obtains a gun and, and doesn't think twice about ditch, discharging into a crowd. And I think that's a very important point to make against what the mayor said, because um, am I still there? Yes, sir. You are. Sorry, I had a phone call come in. Um, so I think that's a very point, a very good point to make against what the mayor said, because um, you know, it's just the furthest thing from it. Having stricter gun laws wouldn't have prevented these kids from getting, uh, firearms illegally. And I guarantee you that they will get firearms illegally again. I can promise you that tab will definitely have a firearm again, illegally, and he'll probably shoot someone else and, or get shot himself. Um, but the people that, I mean, you know, as well as I do, if you have a legally owned firearm, that's registered to you and you shoot somebody, um, you can't just walk away because if they get the ballistics from that bullet, 
you know, it might not happen right away, but eventually it's going to get traced back to that gun that you own. And if you just dismantle the gun that you own or you get rid of it, well, somebody's going to wonder where the gun went because you can't just get rid of a gun that's serialized. So you really don't want to commit a murder with a registered gun and a legally obtained gun unless you're in the right and you're in self-defense. And, you know, having a stricter gun law would have done absolutely nothing in this case. All right. And that's uh, – thank you, Nick Cantor. That's Nick Cantor, the brother of Doug Cantor, uh, giving us an update on you know, the mass shooting that took place in Austin, Texas, giving us an update on that case and you know, what's going on with it. And, you know, pretty much, you know, what we can do is we need to focus on the DA, the district attorney's office, and get them to do their job and prosecute everyone involved in this situation. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Talk. 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Man, let me tell you. Uh, do you Zach, did you know that uh, the, uh, there was a big, huge uproar uh, around the world uh, this month because a laboratory study that found that compounds in cannabis had the potential to stop COVID from entering human cells. Oh, that's big. That's big. What does that mean? You so the question. So the question was: Does getting in a, getting high increased immunity? Well, does COVID? You know, I guess weed. So does it you know, give you like a immunity against COVID nineteen? So we'll find out. I'll tell you the answer to that a little later. But I want to welcome to the conversation here. Uh, I want to talk to my Canadian comedian Ben. Ben. How you say your last name? Bankus. Ben Bankus. Ben Bankus uh, joins us on the show. He's going to talk on. about Canada. What is going on in Canada? It's a huge lockdown in Canada. They're just shut down for like two years. What's going on? Well, everybody's high, so technically they shouldn't have COVID because <laughs> weed's legal. So I don't know why why anybody has any of it. Um, they've been locked down on and off. You know what's crazy about all this is they never talk about the timeline. Like you never watch the news and they're like, here's where. Can't swear. say that. They don't want you to know what what happened. Okay. Um, and I find that that's a huge issue because um, then nobody knows what you know. When was the last lockdown? How long were we in lockdown the last time? Was mm-hmm. it was it a week? Was it two months? 
So right now they just did about a month lockdown. It's going to end in Jan 31st. Okay. Um, and then they're going to go back to half capacity Vax passports. So it's very likely every time they do this, essentially the cases will spike. So you say a passport. So that means I have to show a vaccine passport to go to certain places. Yeah. You got to show a vaccine passport to go anywhere that isn't a grocery store, uh, a pot shop, a liquor store. You do have to show up for the liquor store, right? No, they're trying to they're trying to do that in certain states, provinces. So the oh. French the French province are doing that, but you know Quebec French people are they're weird. They're not. They, I don't know. They're always doing new laws and stuff. But and people, they shut down gyms, right? Yeah, they shut down gyms. Have been. I don't know. I don't even think gyms exist in Canada. Yeah, don't, don't even get healthy. Gym. Don't exercise. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> In British Columbia, which is our furthest west uh, province, the gym owners all banded together and essentially opened up at the same time. So they basically pushed. They did this one they day. They opened up all, against the lockdown? They opened up against the lockdown, and then the government was like, okay, you can do that. So it proves, I mean, the funniest thing is it's Canada's great little example of, you know, tyranny. And you can watch what's happening there, and you can watch the pushback and how it works. So... I don't know if you know what's going on right now. I don't know if you're going to talk about that, but the, right now the big thing is the truckers in the in Canada are not allowed to go to the U.S. unless they're vaccinated. So that's like, I don't know, it's like a high percentage of the truckers that aren't vaccinated. I think it's like 40 to 60%. Um, so we're talking like, I don't know, 100,000, 60,000 truckers. So they're doing a convoy from British Columbia all the way to our capital city, Ottawa. And uh, yeah, they're, they, they got like a... 60,000 trucks in a in a row on the highway. So that's, that's going to hold up traffic. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing and um the government's basically saying like, "Oh, they're just pr- they're protesting poor road conditions." And we already have a huge supply chain crisis. Yes, right we do. now. Yes, we do. Yeah. And now they don't want to let unvaccinated truckers take their haul into the US and at the same time the US Mexico border. They're basically doing the same thing there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they plan. like, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that they planned it, but mm-hmm. it kind of seems like, because people were like, oh, yeah, they're going to do the supply chain thing next. And everybody's like, oh, it's conspiracy theory again. And then it happened. And now they're like, oh, well, you know, actually, maybe it's a good thing. And we should start eating bugs. And we don't actually need to go anywhere. And you don't need a, you don't need a grocery shop. You can just eat tofu. Like, you know, it's becoming that now. It's it's the same thing when there was like the gasoline was expensive. They're like, well, maybe you should don't have to drive. Maybe it's a good thing. Like, they're just trying to spin every single crisis into, which is funny because it's like if it's a good thing, then why are we in a state of emergency? You will mm. own nothing and you'll be happy. Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's how it is. I don't know if you saw Brussels right now in Belgium is like erupting in protests and they got like the police trucks with the water cannons like look like Grand they're Theft Auto. Them? Yeah, they're just spraying them and like kicking them out with all the cops look like stormtroopers it's insane you won't see that on cnn though no of course not but you'll see it it's funny because they're like they'll they won't find out about it if we don't post it's like (laughs) actually nobody's watching you so uh (laughs) they're actually gonna find it out on twitter in like two seconds the second they wake up (laughs) i don't understand yeah that's that's the manipulation i see from the media where they're just like people are like what about this thing and they're like "Ah, it doesn't exist to us in our little reality that we're trying to just ignore it and it'll go away yeah, same as the earlier segment about the mass shooting in Austin. Like, how often is that on CNN or um, any of the mass shootings that aren't, you know, just like a white guy who drew swastikas on his wall? 
Like he'll he'll be on CNN. That's the one that they love, right? Right. <laughs> but they even got to like check it. Like the guy in in Vegas. I guess that was on every major thing. But that was the weirdest thing ever. Like that was like yeah, a lot of questions. The news didn't that. know how to really report on that either. Like you got to watch independent media to figure out what to the heck it. was going on there. Yeah. Um. The guy had like Gatling guns and had them like robotically like firing and stuff like They're that. They're not. What's funny about that is that they didn't. The the mass media is not getting to the details of that. You can find out details about certain other things that have happened, but when he comes to that, you know what, what's the you know give me the meat, you know what's the what actually happened, you know give me all the the fine print. You, you can't find out. I think the majority of people are watching um, the media, the quote unquote, you know, the, like CNN, the liberal media. They're mm-hmm. mostly dementia patients in <laughs> in uh, long term care homes, like that's, yeah, and airports, right? Yeah, I don't. I mean, nobody's watching anything in an airport. They're, people have phones. Like they have, there's free Wi-Fi at an airport. You're not watching a CNN screen unless you're a dementia patient going through the airport. Um, and I think a lot. I like. I, I could say this. My mom has dementia. God bless her soul. But what did she do for the last like 15 years? Before she literally watched CNN all day, every day. Um, and that's. I think that's a lot of people. Like, they, and they're just. They. They just. I don't know if it's causing dementia that CNN. Like, I don't know if that's a conspiracy, but I do think it's. There's a coincidence between people who are completely out of their minds legitimately, not just like the crazy, you know, green, green haired lesbians that are, that are screaming. I'm talking about like people with dementia. Yeah. In order to actually believe what CNN is saying, you have to already have forgotten the things that they've said before and the (laughs) lies that they have already told. Right. And it's similar to Canada. Like Canada has state funded state run media. So it's similar to like CNN and Fox, except the sense, you know, they do it kind of back, like through back channels, the way the the money gets to CNN. It's not like the, you know, the Democrats don't, aren't like, hi, we give this much money. It's like through some back channels, but we don't have an opposition to that. So it's like, you guys have CNN and Fox. We don't have that. We just have the liberal channel, which is CBC, CTV. There's like three of them, but they're all paid for by the government and they all say the exact same stories. So we don't have um, like our media is totally biased in, in Canada. It's it's really insane. All right. So does getting high increase immunity against COVID nineteen? What do you think, Zach? I have no idea. What do you think? I think uh, if you ask anybody who smoked weed every single day since the beginning of the pandemic, they'll mm-hmm. be like, "Yeah, I have not gotten sick at all." Um, that's just like for me personally talking to people. But I I don't really you know they said it at the beginning of the pandemic and then they buried that article for a while. But like with I think in like April or May of 2020, they were already saying that we think the cannabis may, you know, if you smoke cannabis, you might not be able to get the, the virus as easy, partly because like your lungs already have stuff in them. Um, so I don't think they want people to were the, know that. But. There's some experts here in this article says, no, absolutely not. Does not. They're saying, hey, you know, they agree that while the data from the study was interesting, it was provocative and definitely worth investigating further. They're saying little conclusion could be drawn from it for the real world right now so they need more time well i guess it kind of need more time for the uh, vaccine as well right it's not like scientists <laughs> have ever uh said that <laughs> cannabis didn't do what we now know it does you know they've they've said that there's no scientific medical use for it for decades until like you know the last like 15 20 years when they realize oh like if we give it to people with this problem they actually can function throughout the day and not mm-hmm have seizures 24 hours a day. So right. I wouldn't really, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what an expert is anyway. 
don't know what they actually do. We, we come back from the break and talk about some breaking news. There's some breaking news uh, coming out of Austin here. Uh, there were, I counted four homicides last night. Someone's telling me there were more than that. They're saying there were six. Uh, I'm not counting six. I, I need I need to see some stories. I see some incidents. I need to see some screenshots or something. You know, I only counted four. Four homicides in Austin last night. We're going to talk about this stabbing that took place on 6th Street. Hasn't been reported on the news yet, but you know what? I got a video for it for you. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Sure that. All right. We're back and we're talking about some breaking news out of Austin, Texas. There were four homicides yesterday in Austin last night. Uh, yesterday, I should say. Four homicides yesterday. Um, and the one of the victims was stabbed on 6th Street and died. And we got a video here that we're playing right now for you. Take a look at this video here. This is Austin, Texas, downtown 6th Street. Crazy. Not enough law enforcement was down there. This happened early in the evening. This is like around 8, between 8 and 9 p.m. So police weren't really there yet like they normally are when, he, when you get down to the 10, 11, 12, 1, and 2 o'clock in the morning. So this is between 8 and 9. And so they, luckily there are security officers that were down there who had to jump in and assist, you know, to, and, you know take care of the situation. But the victim eventually died of what I'm hearing uh, from the people down th- that were actually down there on 6th Street last night. And so, crazy scene. This, this is something that, it, it, things like this, it's becoming common knowledge now. Uh, since you've been here in Austin, um, you know, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, I haven't, I've tried to not S- get stay stabbed. Stay away from that. And, yeah, I w- I'm hoping I don't. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of stuff is happening here, but... Um... It's a lot better than where you come from, from Canada. Uh, I mean, I'm from Toronto, Canada. We have a decent amount of, uh, you know, crime, people getting shot, mostly rappers. Um, but we do have crime. We also have like, a, we have like Somalians with like AK 47s just running around. So. <laughs> we, it's a little different. How but, do you have, how do you get AKs in Canada? Uh, probably from you guys, uh, America. Come on. Really? No, I don't know. Through, no, no, well, no. usually through America from AR. somewhere else. If you said AR, I would believe you. AK? Yeah, nah, I don't think well, that. no, but like actual AK-47, like, I don't know, probably from Somalia, potentially. Yeah, yeah probably uh, by way, sure. yeah. Russia, Russia, by way of Somalia. Yeah, they come yeah. through America at some point, usually. You think? Um, no, nah, you can't smuggle stuff into Canada from America. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's, <laughs> they, they're doing that. I mean, <clears throat> even Mexicans are doing that. What? Say it's not so. Yeah, Canada's, I mean, a lot of... It's a huge border. It's one of the biggest land borders in the world. There's a lot of stuff getting, you know, Canadians need their drugs and their guns. Wow. And uh, they're not easy to get just uh, in Canada. How can you guys afford that? You're not working. Um, the government gives pretty hefty welfare check to anybody who doesn't work but has their vaccine. So you get about 2000 Canadian dollars a month, which is, you know, it's like fifteen, sixteen hundred a month. Oh, you wow. only get US. that if you're vaccinated? Um. Well, that's not totally true, but if you don't get the vaccine, you get fired from your job because you didn't get it. You're not eligible for the, they call it a Canadian emergency relief benefit. It's called CERB. So if you don't, um, yeah, if you get fired because you didn't submit to the government's wants and needs, then you don't get it. Um, Pretty, pretty messed up. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. But a lot of people are on it. Um, a lot of Canadian comics are making more money than they've ever made in their lives right now on <laughs> welfare. So Wow. <clears throat> That's crazy. And people use that to buy. Honestly, there were people who did a, uh, a bunch of scams with this emergency relief benefit and actually went out and bought a ton of like guns and drugs and basically started their own criminal cells out of nothing because they were able to get four or five of them a month um by like using like fraudulent names and stuff like that and then the government came out and said like look we're not really gonna like penalize anybody because they didn't want to penalize people that took the money and needed it but like didn't really qualify because all you had to do to get it was call a phone number to the government and be like here's my my social like security number or whatever and they would just send you cash like immediately nice wow Speaking of AK-47, you hear about the guy that walked around the car dealership here in Austin with the AK? Yeah, he got arrested. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. He tried to ram the, the I guess, the uh, the maintenance, the dealership door there. And, See, they're uh, around. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> and he walked around with the AK, had people running for their life, boy. They were running around trying to get out of there like crazy. Uh, that's one of those dealerships that posts a 30.06 sign says you can't bring guns inside. <laughs> what do you think the worst area is, like, in Austin for crime or is it just like randomly everywhere oh it's just, i think it's just random now east side maybe no like six it's been seems... gentrified it's not the east, entire area east side's been gentrified not all of it there's good folks over there now uh, closer to 35 park yeah. is it mm -hmm. i don't know mm. 36 seems to be the worst of me downtown at night what was yeah. the stabbing like who was committing the stabbing is this, this like a there i don't have any details about who you know what was going on or anything there's no news story anything about it so i just got you know just random people that are down there that were videotaping you know so i don't have all the details yeah it's kind of terrifying because sixth street like when you're on it like i've never seen any crime like that happen on it and mm -hmm. i'm on it quite a bit right then you hear about it and you're like jesus but then you just go and you're like yeah <laughs> which is not let's go to sixth right? street <laughs> and then you have the cops are on horses which makes you feel safe but doesn't make any sense right. logistically what if i told you that um most of those bars down there um 90 of the bars on sixth street and rainy street you can legally take a gun inside what if i told you right that? well isn't that a like isn't that good yeah i think that's great like legal but they don't know if it's legal or not right yeah it's legal no no but like do they check if your gun's legal how do you what do you mean check if a gun's legal well these guys who walked around 6th Street and did the mass shooting. The reason, the reason why those were illegal is because they were minors. And as a minor, you, you can't, as someone who's uh, younger than 17 years of age, you can't have a handgun and walk down the street with right. it. Right. But, but I'm assuming they bought it on the black market. And they can't buy a gun from a gun store legally, so they have to get it as a private sale as a gift. But then I, I believe see. the guns themselves were stolen. Yeah, so, so somebody else can go made, to a store, buy it, and just give it to them. Or they stole it. You know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because in Canada, it's a little different because mo majority of the guns are from the U.S., so they're like all illegal in Canada. So that's it. like they haven't been sold in Canada. Um. So they're and they're like you, serial numbers. Have, ripped you guys off. even have gun stores in Canada? Yeah, we kind of. Um. Yeah, it's it's a little different. We have gun stores. The gun laws are very strict, but you can get a gun. You have to do a two. You can do a two day course or a one day course. One day means you can only use like rifles and hunting hunting guns and then if you do it you do a two-day course you can do like ars and handguns and stuff like that um but you can't carry them anywhere mm. and you can't yeah they have to be in a safe at all times so now what are some of the crazy things uh have you seen here in, in texas since you've been here anything crazy <clears throat> um 
honestly not that crazy. Like, you gotta you mean, come. Like, you gotta death? come to the gun store and do our comedy show, Guns and Giggles. I'd love to. I'd love you, to. You ever heard about it? Guns um, and Giggles. Do you do you get shot if you don't? If you no, 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 no. Nothing like that. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. The craziest I mean, I had a guy I had like a, a black dude like kicked my dog or something. I don't know. It was it was kind of weird. He was on a bicycle. Um, but I, other than that, I haven't seen like a ton of really terrifying I've seen a lot of people driving on the wrong side of the road really fast for no reason. Um, the wrong side of the road? Like late at night. Yeah, just like going into the left lane and like passing people on like small streets and like ripping it. You know you know why? Because the a lot of the streets downtown used to be one way streets mm. and They've changed them to go both directions now, and it's kind of caught me off guard. You know, I've been driving downtown. You know, I was driving downtown one day, and there was a car coming toward me. I was like, oh, my goodness, I got to panic because mm. I've been used to this street being one way. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing a car, car coming toward me, so it kind of caught me off guard there. So I can see that happening. Yeah, that could have been it. And I the mean, people are drunk, too. You know? Yeah, I try to – I don't know. I, I don't go too much here, you know, besides comedy and – you know, I mean, I see a lot of this stuff seems to be happening at like three, four in the morning. Um, have you gone to the gun range to go shooting yet? No, no, man. You, have you shot any guns at all? I, yes, you have. What kind of guns have you shot? Uh, it was like a handgun. Okay, what kind of handgun was it? Uh, I don't know, like what, a caliber Smith and Wesson. You know what caliber? Nine, nine millimeter, nine millimeter. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Maybe I didn't have ear protection. I just it was like one shot. So you fired it with no ear protection on. Yeah, it was like it was it was. Was this in Canada? No. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Inquire this minds was uh, I don't know, but it was just like my friend. Out it wasn't in nowhere. Texas. No, well, I don't know. It's allegedly. It was, I don't know. Whatever. Sir, where were you? Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we were. Uh, it was my friend. We were in Texas. We were just in the middle of nowhere. So you want to try it? I was like, sure. And then I was deaf for like a day. <laughs> Terrible, actually. Great. Yeah. I kind of hate it. Yeah, that's, that's actually not fun. So, yeah, you no. should have brought you, you know, and got you some ear protection, some eye protection, you know, taught you a little bit about safety, how to hold, how to stand, and all the good kind of stuff, and then let you shoot. You have a good experience. Like this yeah. morning, I took about, um, I, don't, I don't know how many people we had today. We had like 12. 12 people, 15 people, I forget what it was. Uh, and, and at the end, they're like, man, that was really fun. You know, because you, you got to first talk to them, you know, relax them a little bit, tell them, you know, a little bit of the laws, what they can and cannot do, you know, and then go over safety, show them how to hold, how to stand, and, and show them that the gun's not nothing to be afraid of. And then we take them out to the gun range and then they go shoot, you know. And when they finished, they're like, man, that was really a lot of fun. You know, right. we, were, we were scared at first, you know, we were, you know, didn't know what to expect. But it turned out that was really great. Now we're ready to go eat lunch. Yeah, I mean, I would love to come out to your range and like learn about it, guns and stuff like that. I don't know. It's it's a little different than just being on the beach at like three a.m. Yeah, come on. Thanks for covering for me today, Michael, so I could go run the marathon. <laughs> oh yeah, you did a marathon. How was that? Oh, it was personally uh, not very fun. My calf just locked up Boston? literally within the first minute of this marathon starting. So no I had way. To just limp run through this entire marathon oh mm -hmm. should have called me i'd have carried you oh well, thank you i don't know if they allow that <laughs> <laughs> might be against the rules was that be... an austin marathon the 3m half marathon 3m oh, no. mm -hmm. so what did you come in like oh 10th place i was happy to finish <laughs> <laughs> you like walk run walk run just Hobble run. Basically. Hobble run. Uh -huh. All right, we come back from the break. Going to talk about this Georgia pastor and wife are charged with false imprisonment after people were found in a locked basement of their home. This is Michael Cargill, 
and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. A Georgia pastor and his wife have been charged with false imprisonment after people were found locked in their basement, according to Georgia officials. So Curtis Keith Bankston and Sophia Sim Bankston were running the unlicensed group home out of their rented Griffin house under the guise of a church known as One Step of Faith Second Chance. The Griffin uh, Police Department said this in a statement. And so, um, man, I tell you, the Griffin fire last week responded to a call about someone having a seizure at the home and noticed, hey, there's a dead bolt on the basement door. And according to police, crews had to climb through a window to reach the patient. Now, investigators determined that the people in the basement, all with mental and physical disabilities, were both they both were essentially imprisoned against their will, which created an extreme hazard as individuals could not exit the residence if they were in an emergency. But you know what? When he asked the Bankstons about this, you know, first there was no no comment, no statement at all. And then they said, hey, hold on now. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to fight this with everything that we have. You know, and there's no intention to have a, a a plea. They have not done anything wrong, according to the attorney. And their community is standing behind them and their family standing behind them as well. They say, hey, they didn't do anything wrong. They're not imprisoning people. They said the door was the lock was faulty. And that's why it, it locked these people inside the room. There is what they're saying. It sounds uh, sounds safe. <laughs> yeah. I hope they were all wearing masks down there. <laughs> and I hope he was administering vaccines. <laughs> all of his, uh, you know, it's funny prisoners. you say that. Let's talk about masks for a second because, uh, you know, when I think of something that's airborne, airborne, you know, it's going to affect me or something like that. I think of, you know, really covering up my head, you know, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, uh, my hands, putting on a suit, you know, putting on boots and making sure I don't, you know, get something, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, there, I, there's pictures of people wearing that at Walmart. Oh, well, you know. There's people in hazmat suits being I'm, like, do I'm you not them. understand? <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I know what you're saying. You're saying that. That's you, the way to protect if you're yourself. you're just wearing a mask, you're not doing it. You're just, doesn't do anything. You what about be your a eyes? Full hazmat suit. Yeah, if someone sneezes, that's, that's because you cover your mouth. That's not going to protect you because it can go in your eyes. Well, I mean, it's unrelated, but I think that a lot of people who have been super careful for the whole pandemic are mm-hmm. at a higher risk of getting more sick because. They've just come in contact with so few germs mm-hmm. and bacteria that the second that they go to a party uh, or That's wherever, I just, wherever I just, you were last night, they, they go, <laughs> if they were there, then they all of a sudden are breathing in. I, I stood in the middle bacteria. of the room and I, I exhaled. <laughs> I inhaled and exhaled. Right. But I think that if you have stayed inside for the past two years, you go out um, to a crowded place and breathe, you're going to get sick. So yeah. I can only imagine the uh, bacteria in this uh, pastor's basement. <laughs> what do you think what do you think yeah i saw a great tweet by a guy named anthony vera he said uh masked people are walking around grocery stores upset about empty shelves and completely clueless that their compliance caused it yeah what i think is funny is that 
like I'll do comedy and there'll be somebody in the audience with a mask on sitting down while, you know, the other 95, 99% of the audience doesn't have a mask on sitting down. And every time, like they're always fully vaccinated or boosted as well. Like last night I was like, are you, you have the booster? And she's like shamefully like this. The funniest thing was she, I asked her a question. She pulled her mask down and shook her head and didn't actually say anything. <laughs> she just pulled it down to shake her head and put it back on, which I obviously made fun of her for. And everybody what, laughed. What, well, what kills me is when people walk into a room, you know, they Wait, walk in, they're masked up, and then they sit down and they're like, okay, as soon as they get to their table, they take their mask off and like, okay, I'm at the table. I'm safe. Yeah, well, if you see somebody do that, they're like, they're dumb. You know? Yeah, it was I mean, like- completely ridiculous at the race this morning. Okay, so there's this, basically the starting shoot. All right, and it's probably 100 feet that you have to run through. And it's basically the width of a four-lane road, okay? And you can't go to the beginning of the shoot. You can't start through it unless they have a, you have a mask on. And they have people with masks, the little blue surgical mask. They hand it to you, and you put it on, and you run under the big starting arch. And then you get about 10 feet past that, and they have trash cans where you can take your mask off. And throw it in the Did trash. Did you do that? Oh my goodness, that's so stupid. <laughs> How many people through. died of myocarditis at this uh, <laughs> marathon? What was the purpose of that? Like, why? I don't get it. Uh, I think they have photographers in that area. So they want you to be on camera uh-huh. showing that you're jogging, you're in this race with a mask on. Yeah, and at the finish, they also had people with masks trying to hand you a mask so you could wear it as you're crossing the How about the you hand me some line? oxygen? Because I'm about to die. I was like, right yeah, I'm good. <laughs> no thanks. Oh, my goodness. That seems uh, smart. I don't know. Everybody's dumb now. It's 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 very sad to see that. It's posturing. But, I mean, annoying. honestly, people who run marathons are kind of annoying. So Kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it was a bad experience. <laughs> every t- Honestly, because every marathon, they just all, all it is is ruining other people's days because they shut Road down shut roads down. and... It's always for some stupid bank that's like doing it for like you know whatever. This trans. is 3M. They make masks. Yeah, another it's the uh, trans. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. They're they're pushing their product. Mm-hmm. Oh my bad. Sorry, 3M. That's right. Wear those masks. <laughs> <laughs> they make sticky things you put on the wall to hang other stuff on. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to you know talk bad about 3M. My bad. They're a sponsor, Michael. That's right. Oopsie. Sorry. All right, so uh, the FBI says it's conducting it's conducting court authorized law enforcement activity at congressman's at a congressman's Texas home. Did you hear about that story, Zach? No. Yeah. So apparently, there's a congressman in Texas, and uh, it's down in uh, let's see, Representative Henry Kuehler's. I I can't say his last name. Cuellar, there we go. Henry Cuellar, Laredo, Texas, home. The agency confirmed in a short statement Wednesday. Cuellar's office said in a statement that he will fully cooperate in any way that he can. And so something's going on down there in Laredo, Texas. Something's always going on down south, you know, close to the border. So, and the FBI is investigating. So something's going on with them. I think that's kind of strange. What do you think? What, exa- what exactly is happening with these people? Uh, it, uh, they, that's, and that's, that's the funny thing. You know, they, they, you know this, the reports are coming out. There's an investigation and no one's saying anything. He might have also had disabled people in his basement. <laughs> they're, not, they're not telling us anything. I, it's like that's all. That's all you're gonna say. That's it. 
I mean, my goodness, do some reporting. They're not doing any reporting whatsoever. You know? I feel like everybody's under investigation. Ask some questions. My goodness. You know, something happens. And I, whenever a, a news story comes out, I have so many different questions. You know, what kind of gun was used? You know, you know, what caliber was it? You know, where did the gun come from? Was it a stolen gun? You know, did they get it from their parents? I always have so many questions that none of those questions I've answered. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't do it. <laughs> All right, so uh, wh- where are you going to perform next? Uh, I will be uh, I'll be at the Creek in the Cave on Thursday. If you want to follow me on social media, Ben Bankus two on Instagram, B E N B A N K A S two, the number two, because I had my first account banned by China or whoever. That's on Instagram at Ben Bankus on Twitter, BenBankus dot com. So Creek in the Cave in Austin, and yeah, just. Shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll let you know what's going on. Do you know why you were banned? What yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I I said, well, I had a couple things that got flagged. It's usually pictures of tweets that actually are, like, the most dangerous on Instagram. So if you take a screenshot of a tweet and you post it on Instagram, um, like, I posted, hap- like, I don't know if you know this, but 420, like, is, like, the weed day, mm-hmm. right? But it's also Hitler's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, happy 420 slash Hitler's birthday. That was hate speech um obviously i was joking um and but you know they're like yeah he's he got blocked for that that was one of your bings yes wow that kind of shit stuff right so okay all right all right so um and also over in uh detroit a toddler shoots himself in the head with a gun you know i'm seeing a lot of stories lately where little kids are getting access to firearms uh from the parents and i'm telling you I want to send a message here of safety to all of my parents out there. You know, the best way to keep guns away from kids is to lock them. You know, we want to be safe. We want to be able to protect ourselves. Uh, We also want to make sure that we keep the guns away from kids. So you can't hide the guns from kids. You have to lock the guns from kids. So get some type of lock, you know, some type of um, device we can put in a code, get access to the firearm for personal protection and, you know, defend yourself, also protect the family. And also keep the gun away from the kids when you're not there because kids get curious and they also get curious when their friends are around, you know, teenagers, younger, you know, their their buddies, their friends come over. Uh, they're influenced by these friends and they tend to, you know, say, hey, you know, let's look at your dad's gun or, your, you know, your mom's gun. And so it, to, to, to help stop that curiosity, we need to make sure we lock them, lock them. You can't hide them. You have to lock them. You know, you may think, you know, your son, your daughter is going to be responsible. You know, you think they're a responsible person, which they may be. But then what happens when their friends come over to visit? You know, that peer pressure is something else. You know, and to prevent that, we need to lock them. Because you know, I'm tired of seeing these stories, story after story, of someone, you know, getting a, a toddler, a child, getting their parent, their, their parent's gun, and then accidentally shooting and killing themselves. So you have to lock them. Like I always say, you know, as always, more guns equals less crime. Now you go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talking with Michael Cargill.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.